Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. 2017, the year in rebuke. This week, for the first time, reality gets all too real. And for the businessman turned president, the tasks get more complicated and confusingly more simple. Mr. President-elect, you know, you know what's great? What's that, Kellyanne? Well, now that you're going to have the official White House Twitter account, mm-hmm. you can sort of let your own Twitter account go on a kind of lovely hiatus. Kellyanne? Yes, sir. Here's your task for this week. Yes, sir. Whatever I you want. I want you to deliver me the names of everyone in this operation who thinks I should stop tweeting. Well, I'm sure all of them have your best... Can in- you do that? Would I have to include myself on the list if that happened to be true? I'd be very disappointed in you if you didn't. But there's not going to be any retaliation. Can you accomplish your task? I need to know. Yes, sir. Great. I won't tweet that we had this conversation. Ivanka. Yes, Dad? Wrights tells me we're way behind in appointing people to run the uh, government. Mm Mm-hmm. He told me the same thing. I told him to tell you. Good. Based on what he told me, which I think you know, here's your task for this week. Okay. Find some more people for me to appoint, like a couple hundred, all great people. Have their paperwork on my desk by a week from today? Do you think you can do that? Honestly? Of course. I love honesty. I'm not sure that's possible. I'd hate to have to fire you. You can't. I'm your daughter. Mm-hmm. Forgot. I could give you a much smaller office. <laughs> they're all pretty small. Okay. How about if they're not all great people? President Obama. Mr. President-elect. Congratulations. Thanks. That's very nice. I have a task for you this week. <laughs> I think I'm going on a long vacation. First, you need to do this. Okay. I'm just going over the inauguration remarks I wrote. And it looks like I trash you and Bush and Clinton a whole bunch. A little out of the ordinary. Hey. I'm a change agent. Mm. Your task is to sit there and smile through it. Can you do it? Of course I can do it. Just I'll just visualize Palm Springs. What about uh, Bush and Clinton? Camera's going to be on you. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's asking a lot. For you to smile? For me to trust you. But okay. No teeth, but no grimace. Reince. Yes, Mr. President. Feels good to say that, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Excuse me? Yes, it does, Mr. President. Okay. Now, Rach, your task this week... Yes, sir. I mean, yes, Mr. President. Good. Your task is the speech of the CIA. Mr. President, it's your first public appearance since the festivities. It's just to tap down the potential morale problem there. Oh, I know, but... And uh, when they have a morale problem, they have an interesting way of dealing with it, as we've seen. But it's such a short speech. Mm-hmm. Just to say you're a full supporter of theirs and pay tribute to their service, in and out, five minutes stops. Okay. Here's your task. Mm-hmm. Put some things back in the notes about the size of my crowd yesterday, about how the media keeps lying. I didn't see any of that in there. Well, we didn't think it your was... Your task is to put it back in. Can you do that? Including the stuff about you being an intellectual? I think the CIA would like to know that. Smart people like smart people. 
Even the stuff about the best inaugural ball in history? Eh, that you can leave out. Everybody knows that. Okay? Can you accomplish this task in the next two hours? Yes, I can. I, I didn't hear you. Yes, I can, Mr. President. New team, new tasks, same mission. We are going to make this format great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. Be a presidentess. This week on Most of This Country. Yes, it's 2017 that uh, is being regarded in rancor. This week on the show, the part two of the year in rebuke, the uh, part that focuses on <laughs> President Trump and um, a two word phrase that uh, came into the language early in the year. Thanks to Kellyanne Conway, senior counselor to the president. They said the Internet ended the era of the bar bet. He broke his bat in game six. Nope. Game five. Game six, right here on my phone. They said marriage arguments could now be settled with one click. Honey, we couldn't have been at your folks' house that weekend. That was Halloween. It was leap year. Halloween was a day later. Look, see? But you know what? They were wrong. Hi, I'm Kellyanne, the blonde you love to hate, with the best news since faith-based reality. Now the Internet can be on your side, thanks to AlternativeFacts.com. Imagine an alternative answer to any question, a way to free yourself and your family and friends from the tyranny of Google and Wikipedia. Our patented Alternative Facts Generator engine harnesses cutting-edge artificial intelligence technology to produce believable, fact-related answers to your questions. Any question, any time, 24-7. But here's the key to why AlternativeFacts.com will change your life. Through what our data mining system already knows about you, the answers are personalized to you and what you already believe and know. No more embarrassment in front of friends, family, or employers. Wow, your phone says game five. All right, dude, drinks on the house. Huh, this says they skipped a leap year. I'm sorry I doubted you, honey. For any device, for your entire connected world, AlternativeFacts.com connects you to the answers you want. Designed by top professionals in the field, AlternativeFacts.com doesn't look like some scuzzy fake news site because it isn't one. It's the same alternative fact generator engine used by top professionals. And now their secret is yours too. But don't take my word for it, even though I'm being paid to not lie to you. Try AlternativeFacts.com on a free 10-day trial. We're so sure you'll want to subscribe after those 10 days. We'll already sign you up. What have you got to lose? Except self-doubt. AlternativeFacts.com. Our truth will set you free. This was a year when the news media focused to a remarkable degree on the tweets of the administration rather than on their Let's say, oh, just, you know, for a, a, um, a selected possibility, the policies. So uh, tweets became front page news, uh, occupied hours and hours of airtime on the cable news channels. And, um, and so did one word that was tweeted apparently accidentally. In the spring. 
once I could fly in my plane through the sky to a place that was called Cofefe. Like some kind of dream, it was champagne and cream. People would call me El Jefe. But where is it now? I wrinkle my brow. But I can't find my way back to Cofefe. There's a place that's so beachy and leafy. My head I would shake. I'd say it's not fake. And it's probably called Kofifi. But was it a trap? You know I look at the map. There's no place called Kofifi. On my plate to search for a refuge so reefy. The skeptics are right. I gave up the fight to return to the calm of Kofifi. My fantasy I have renounced. My paradise is thoroughly trounced. I don't know how the hell it's pronounced. Kofifi. And now, the apologies of the week. Even so, even with all this to review. That's right. Many fans were left stunned after hearing the lyrics on Bad Husband, a track featured on Eminem's new album. In the track, he recalls the breakdown of his relationship with his ex-wife, Kim Scott, adding, I'm sorry, Kim, more than you could ever comprehend. Here's the, um, here are the couplets. Or the couplet. Because I loved you, but I hated that me, and I don't want to see that side again, but I'm sorry, Kim, more than you could ever comprehend. Leaving you was effing harder than sawing off a effing body limb. Something rhymes there, don't you think? For the second time in the past month, former Vice President Joe Biden has tried to atone for his role in the aggressive questioning of Anita Hill during the now notorious 1991 congressional hearing in an interview with Teen Vogue. Yeah, of course he's running for president. That's why he's talking to Teen Vogue. Biden said he regretted the way lawmakers treated Hill when she appeared before the Senate panel that he chaired to detail allegations that then-Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas, her former boss, had sexually harassed her. Quote, I wish I'd been able to do more for Anita Hill, he said. I owe her an apology. Hill, who was black, was grilled by about her claims by an all-white, all-male group of lawmakers under the Senate Judiciary Committee who attacked her credibility and peppered her 
They didn't salt her, but they peppered her with lurid questions about her encounters with Thomas. The committee chairman, who happened to be Joe Biden, did little to temper the accusatory tone in the room. Speaking with Teen Vogue editor-in-chief, like they have more than one editor, Lane Welteroth, Biden defended some of his actions but said he wished he would have handled things differently. I believed Anita Hill, he said. My one regret is I wasn't able to tone down the attacks on her, the attacks on her by some of my Republican friends. I mean, they really went after her. As much as I tried to intervene, I did not have the power to gavel them out of order. I tried to be like a judge and only allow a question that would be relevant to ask. Unquote. Thomas was confirmed 52 to 48. Biden voted against him. The video platform iQiyi, owned by the Chinese firm Baidu, has pulled off the market and artificial intelligence girlfriend named Vivi from its virtual reality headset after complaints that the product was <laughs> demeaning to women. Ikea has noticed the issue raised by media and already taken the product offline for further modification. We'd like to make an apology for the concerns it might have raised, it said in a statement printed by the Wall Street Journal. Vivi was in beta testing, was announced in March as a built-in AI girlfriend and virtual assistant for Ikea's new VR headset beyond acting as a basic voice interface. It was supposed to read people's moods, don't you know, through emotion recognition technology. That's got to be good. And intelligently select and recommend movies by interacting with her users. According to the journal, users also praised its ability to flirt and perform sexy dances with one screenshot showing a user groping Vivi's breast. No information whether that user was Al Franken. After pilots drew genitals in the sky over eastern Washington using the contrails from their jets, the U.S. Navy has sent a letter of apology to the Okanogan Washington School District. The letter from Vice Admiral T.M. Shoemaker was addressed to Superintendent Richard Johnson and stated the U.S. Navy owes you, your parents, and your students an apology for the unacceptable obscene contrails that were created by one of my aircraft on November 16th. Shoemaker went on to say he personally held the aircrew in question fully accountable for their actions. Johnson posted the letter on the school district's Facebook page along with a brief comment. It's always encouraging, he said, when one's concerns have been listened to and actions taken to prevent similar incidents. Of course, the Navy's apology is fully accepted. And Deadline Wilmington, North Carolina, a North Carolina retirement community, has apologized for distributing a calendar featuring a racially tinged character of a slave. The Bradley Creek Health Center at Carolina Bay circulated a community calendar at the beginning of the month with a 1920s Christmas greeting card featuring the image of a black woman portrayed as a mammy, a slave who took care of white children. Officials of the community said they weren't aware of the image, adding there was no approval process for the calendar. Trust the lack of process. They said the calendars were immediately removed, adding the thoughtless choice by one employee to use this image is not in any way a reflection of this organization's values or culture. Everybody's got a culture these days. Celebrity chef Mario Batali issued an apology late this week amid allegations that he touched several women inappropriately. The same statement came with a postscript 
a recipe for holiday-inspired pizza dough cinnamon rolls. Here's a twofer. The confections are a fan favorite, he said. The statement was reportedly sent to subscribers of the Batali newsletter. Previously, Eater had reported four women had alleged the high-profile chef and restaurant owner touched them inappropriately, a behavior pattern that spanned at least 20 years. Three of them worked for Batali, the fourth worked in the industry. He subsequently stepped down from daily operations of his business, and he was fired by ABC from its daytime program. My behavior was wrong, and there are no excuses. I take full responsibility, he wrote. I will work every day to regain your respect and trust. In case you're looking for a holiday-inspired breakfast, cinnamon buns. Many deemed the recipe addendum an offensive misstep. In an earlier statement, Batali did say, much of the behavior described does in fact match up with ways I've acted. That behavior was wrong, and there are no excuses. But there are buns. And Dateline West Burlington, Iowa, a school district in southeast Iowa, has apologized after disciplining a student for dress code violations when she covered her head after she lost her hair during cancer treatments. Chloe Turpening was 15, was disciplined at West Burlington High School for not following the school's dress code regarding headwear. She's currently in remission after five rounds of chemotherapy and 15 days of radiation for Hodgkin's lymphoma. She received permission at the beginning of the school year to cover her head until she felt comfortable. She had been bullied about her hair loss at Burlington High School. Then she transferred to West Burlington, where things got worse, apparently. Despite receiving permission, she was sent home last month for covering her head with her hood. She then spent three days in a school office last week for wearing a beanie specifically made for cancer patients. Superintendent David Schmidt said the school district has apologized to Chloe for its insensitive approach to dealing with her hair loss. District officials also emailed Chloe an apology. And a recipe for some buns. The Apologies of the Week, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. 2017, the year in rebuke. This week, for the first time, the competition gets cutthroat as L words fly around the boardroom. And we don't mean liberal. And for the businessman turned president, more than ever before, words are now more than just words and less. Rex. Yes, Mr. President. Good to be getting this FaceTime with you, sir. Your team's not doing well. That's why you're here. I thought we were making significant progress and building on the uh, <clears throat> progress we made on the big trip, especially in the uh, damage control dimension. You thought there was damage? Well... This is what's killing us. The negativity of all these teams. Mm-hmm. Rex, can I be honest with you? You know, the, there are days when I think I should just fire everybody. Do this job by myself. <laughs> In all honesty, Mr. Trump, that's just not possible. I know. It's a fault of mine. I hate firing people. Leaves nobody to blame. So look, Rex, you have an important task this week. Yes, sir. I consider all of it important. I mean really important. Mm. I want you to go out and deliver a statement that calls on our Arab friends to cut back on the anti-Qatar stuff. The stuff we agreed it, uh, on in the Arab summit. They're coming on too strong with it, doing too much of a number. That's what my friends tell me. Your Qatari friends? What are you, wise guy? My New York real estate friends, if it's any of your business, which would be okay even if it's not, because I like you. Thank you, sir. I Meantime, would... I'm going to issue a statement supporting the sanctions against Qatar. 
right after your statement. Well, but won't that tend to confuse the Saudis as to our actual position? You say that like it's a bad thing. It's actually a very big part of the plan. Can you do it? Well, it, it puts me in a kind of awkward position. That's the other part of the plan. I love win-win. All right, sir. I'll have the staff work up something for release uh, next couple of hours, right? Okay. Absolutely. There's what you might call an improvisational quality to all of this. It reminds me of when I was dating, and I, I took my soon-to-be wife to the 1 a.m. show at the Comedy Store in Houston. Sean, Spicer, you're more famous than me now, right? Uh, oh, I don't think so. Uh, that, that woman stopped doing me on TV. It's in reruns. I see it all the time. Uh, I'm doing fewer briefings, as we agreed. It's not helping. I'm still in the crapper. Oh, we're winning, sir. Nobody believes Comey. You know, I should fire you just for telling me what you think I want to believe. <laughs> but I almost had you believing it, right? Sean, this isn't about what I believe. It's about what everybody else believes. What I believe is between me and my... Mm. God? Maker? Lawyer. Mm. Your task this week, Sean, mm -hmm. is to dummy up. I don't want to hear a peep out of you this week at all. Can you do that? Well... Just nod yes or no. Good. So, Mr. Trump, glad to be on the team. Mark, if this is a team, the Yankees are a friggin' conglomerate. <laughs> so, A, welcome aboard, and B... What the heck do I do? Sorry, we've been through a lot worse. Two of the bankruptcies, the messier of the divorces... Tell it to the hand. Look, your task this week is to stop this witch hunt, whatever it takes. It may take you not using Twitter. Except that. That's my connection to my base. Can I read the tweets before you send them? If you want to be in my bathroom at six in the morning, sure. That's a pass. Look, sir, I propose, as usual, to honor the keys to good lawyering. The three Ds. Deny, delay, and denounce. Okay. And what do I do? Look, Comey thinks you've got tapes. The Congress thinks you've got tapes. So make tapes. Not sex tapes. Believe me, I'm a little too... You don't like to write memos. I don't even like to read memos. So video your recollections of every meeting, past and future. We'll fix the date stamps. This way, it's not your word against his. It's his memos against my tapes, right? Right. Jeff. Attorney General Sessions, we've had our disagreements, right? I've been with you since the beginning, sir. That's a long time ago. This is now. And I think you're hurting me. Well, your task this week, very simply is to stop hurting me. I don't know if you can do that. You know, I'm supposed to testify before House Appropriations. Appropriations are nice, right? Yes, but I could testify before House Intelligence instead. They'd certainly like that. You know what? That's your task. You can do that, right? That's what they tell me. Okay, this is my memo of my meeting with Jeff Sessions. 
We discussed his problems in meeting my standards of professionalism for his office. I then suggested that he proactively remove all doubts by testifying to the House Intelligence Committee. It took some convincing, but he agreed. And a memo, right? New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make memos great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. The presidentus. It's not what you think, whatever you think. President Trump um, in the spring had a reflective moment or two, hard, hard as that may be to believe, and uh, said that he, there were parts of his old life, his life when he was just a, a uh, obnoxious real estate promoter or stake promoter or univer- fake university promoter. Those days, he missed them because um, he used to be, love driving up and down whatever street you could find that you could actually drive up and down in New York City. And, of course, now as the president, he can't do that anymore. I'm at the top of the heap Like some kind of Yoda I push the red button Someone brings me a soda You think I'd be happy There's gold rugs on the floor But the deal's going real sappy I can't drive anymore You know I accomplished so much By my 100th day At least that's what everyone And my staff gets to say I've ordered some bombing Very light on the gore But even that wasn't calming I can't drive anymore Can't enjoy the thrill Of my foot on the gas Of driving up Madison Eyeing some ass Can't cruise down the FDR My mind is worn Got to use Twitter Cause I can't honk the hell out of my horn And now, he 
He's not a general. He commands no troops. He's not an inspector. He peeks at no stoops. He's an inspector general. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember the uh, guy who shot up some folks and uh, later turned out the Air Force had information on his criminal conviction, which would have prohibited prohibited him from buying guns, even in this country, and had not, the Air Force had not, turned over that information about his conviction to the FBI so he could be included on the don't sell a gun to this guy list. Not so exceptional. The military justice system's failure to share critical information with civilian law enforcement agencies is far more rampant than initially believed, according to the Pentagon's Inspector General. In fact, that failure occurs in some cases nearly a third of the time. Uh, the fellow I was talking to was Devin, uh, talking about was Devin Patrick Kelly, who shot and killed 26 people in a rural Texas church last month. The uh, Air Force subsequently found dozens of other such cases, but the problem is far more widespread, according to the IG's report. It found a series of troubling things when it reviewed 2,500 cases across all four branches of the military over the past two years. Of those, fingerprint cards were not submitted to the FBI in 24% of the cases. A final disposition report was not submitted in 31%. The military is required to submit data to the FBI when service members are convicted of a number of crimes, including drunk driving, stalking, and kidnapping. That information then goes into a federal database that's checked when somebody tries to buy a gun. The Air Force actually performed better than the Army, Navy, and Marines, according to the IG. The Air Force failed to submit fingerprint cards and final disposition reports in only 14% of convictions. The Navy and Marine Corps didn't submit fingerprint cards in 29% of cases. The Army, 41%, didn't end up in the FBI database. This can result in someone purchasing a weapon who shouldn't, says the IG. It can also hinder criminal investigations and potentially impact law enforcement and national security interests. It's therefore troubling that many fingerprint cards remained missing. The IG made several recommendations, boiling down to shape up, sir. News of Inspectors General, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast from Santa Monica, home of the homeless, this is Le Show, experiencing the year in rebuke, President Trump style. This week, for the first time, the businessman turned president has turned president in the way most people understand, by bombing something. And the team members struggle as never before to understand who's on first. Steve. Yep. You've cleaned up nicely. Sponge bath. Good. You've been busy? Mm. It's not easy breaking down decades of encrusted entitlement. And that's just in the White House cafeteria. I know. It may not seem like it, but uh, I'm having my troubles too. Oh, it seems like it all right, sir, but it's not your fault. If you ask me, uh, I know you didn't. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you let the... Jared Kushner's of the world take this enterprise off course. You're critical of Jared. Yeah, I love him like a brother. A liberal, democratic brother who's trying to destroy everything we're building here. You know, I like to hear what people have to say about how other people are doing. I know. 
It's part of the format. But you also know nothing is more important to me than family. Well, except... Except my hair. But aside from that, mm-hmm. you've been tasked with doing a lot of things. I've tried my best. Call this place a swamp as a, an insult to swamps. Good. This week, your task is to not do something. Okay. I want you to step down from the national security thing. Council? Right. Walk away from it. Spend more time with your family. I don't have a family. Then spend less time with them. You have to leave the NSC. Never went to the meetings anyway. Then it should be easy. Is this because of Jared? Steve, do I look like the kind of person who does the last thing one of his relatives tells him to do before I see you? It's me saying I'm stepping down from it, right? Sure. You could say you were there to watch over Mike Flynn, and since he's gone, there's no more watching over to do. You can do this, right? Have you ever seen me flinch? Maybe you just hide your flinching well. So? This is me, stepping off the NSC. Unflinchably. Jaron is always putting on this nice guy persona. Which I could do if I wanted to. And of course he's buffing Ovaka. Which I could also do if I wanted to. Jared, I understand that uh, Steve called me a cuck while I was in Iraq. I don't even know what that means. Do you care? Well, more important. Iraq under control? Because Syria's a mess. Iraq's okay. I mean, I wouldn't want to live there. Cuck is shorthand for cuckold conservative. Okay. Short version sounds nastier. It's supposed to. Good. The battle for Mosul is going to get nasty. It's already pretty bad. Can you keep it off the news? As long as Syria's a mess, I think so. I mean, it's nothing I'm doing. It's just, you know, the media. I call them the fake media. They love it. (laughs) So look, you have a rough task this week. Oh, by the way, we've innovated a new way for the post office to sell stamps. They just update the chip in your hand. Who's got a chip in their hand? That's the next thing. Okay. Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. You and Steve have to work together. You're a team. Teams work together. That's why there's no me and team. Well, there is, but it's backward and separated it's by... separated, thing. it's not separated, whatever. Can you meet with Steve and bury the thing? You, you have buy-in from him? He'll do it, believe me. He's not the happiest camper in the trailer park right now. Sure. As long as he knocks off the the behind-the-back slurs. I'm no cuck. You can work it out with him. I got TV to watch. I'll make peace with Steve easy. The next time I'm out of town and I hear about him leaking to his little alt-right pals, I'm going straight to Ivanka. Rex, big week. Yes, sir. We're bombing Syria. I heard from Jared. You know why, right? Well, you saw those pictures. Beautiful little babies. Nobody told me they were doing that. I think we put it in one of your briefing books. But you didn't put the pictures in there. Next time... The the pictures will be in there. Good. Now, 
about this China meeting. Mm -hmm. The president has been prepared and is expecting a productive day of talks. You're not talking about me. No, sir. She. Who? She, the president. I, I thought the president was who? That was the previous president. We arranged the briefing books with the idea in mind that uh, you go all the way to the end. <laughs> That's what she said. The president? Who? Sir, <laughs> President Xi is expecting a productive day of talks. She is? He is. Who? Not who, she. Okay, look. I need you to come out at the end of all this and say, you know, the Secretary of State stuff. Can you do it? Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I signed up for. Of course, I could use some help, some assistant secretaries and some deputy secretaries, some institutional support. Jared doesn't seem to need it. He's not running an actual department. Not yet. I... So, can you fulfill your task? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Mm. And, uh, good luck with President Xi. But, uh, just making sure, mm -hmm. she's a he, right? Who is? No, she is. Well, who is, too? Okay, fine. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make bombing great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. The Presidentus. This week, you won't believe what happens next. of the godly 
You've been hearing on this program uh, in News of the Godly segments for quite a while now about testimony before an Australian Royal Commission on child abuse, particularly focusing on religious organizations where child abuse took place. The uh, commission has finally come out with its report. Australia should introduce a law forcing religious leaders to report child abuse. Forcing religious leaders to report child abuse would be a good idea, they say, including Catholic priests told of abuse in the confessional. The report detailed institutional abuse, particularly in the Catholic Church. One of the country's top Catholics, the Melbourne Archbishop, said such a law would undermine a central tenet of Catholicism. No, not that. The sacredness of the confessional. Warning that any priest breaking the seal would be excommunicated. Then the Canadians used to break seals. I'm getting distracted. The 17-volume document from the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Abuse marks the end of one of the world's biggest inquiries into child abuse, leaves it to the government to decide whether to enact its recommendations or just to go. The five-year investigation found multiple and persistent failings of institutions to keep children safe, the cultures of secrecy and cover-up, and the devastating effects child sexual abuse can have on an individual's life. According to the commission, the report detailed tens of thousands of child victims saying their abusers were, quote, not a case of a few rotten apples, unquote. We will never, said the report, know the true number. Of survivors who reported abuse in religious institutions, more than 60% cited the Catholic Church, which demonstrated, quote, catastrophic failures of leadership, particularly before the 1990s, according to the report. The uh, same, same recommendation about uh, reporting out of confession to authorities in cases of child abuse was made during Ireland's similar inquiry eight years ago. They passed a mandatory reporting law in 2015 to the Irish. Some U.S. states have similar requirements. The Sydney Archbishop said he was appalled by the sinful and criminal activity of some clergy, religious, and lake church workers and ashamed of the failure to respond by some church leaders, unquote. The Australian Catholic Church paid $212 million in compensation to thousands of child abuse victims since 1980. News of the Godly, ladies and gentlemen, a copyrighted feature of this broadcast. 2017, the year in rebuke. Hi, this is Paul Manafort, Chief Executive Officer of Hound's Tooth and Driven Snow Associates. I can't come to the phone right now because I'm engaged in some perfectly legal activities, but please leave a message with your name, number, and uh, if you're a foreign autocrat, I can reach you on weekends. Thanks for calling. Hi, Paul. This is uh, John ba- uh, uh, John Miller. John Barron also works for me, but this is John Miller calling. And I'm calling on behalf of President Trump, who, as you know, I know you know, for obvious reasons, legal being only the first and best of them, the president can't talk to you right now. For one thing, he's uh, extremely busy this weekend drafting a very important tweet exposing LeBron James. So he's asked me to leave this message for you. Paul, all of us here at the White House know that You're under great, great pressure right now. Very tough. Very tough. And it's 
It's from a guy I should have fired by now, and not that I can, because I'm only the president's special spokesperson, but still, he, the president, wants you to know just how extremely highly he thinks of you these days, how terrifically grateful he is for what our lawyers now remind us is your very, very brief involvement in last year's historic campaign, one of which we were never supposed to win, according to the fake news. There's nothing I can say on the president's behalf, or anything he could say on his own behalf, if he was here instead of in the other room, to try to influence you, your behavior, in any way, shape, or form now, or in any universe yet to be discovered. Yeah, read that. But, and I guess this thing is going to keep recordings, which is go so good, because I hate to have to redial this call. Every, you know, everything goes through the switchboard now, which is a whole other thing, thanks to the uh, great General Kelly, who, by the way, is one of the great generals ever. But, so, Paul, we know corrupt Bob Mueller wants to flip you or flop you or whatever the, the lawyers call it. I don't know. The president talks to the lawyers. I don't. And maybe it's a good idea. Maybe you, you did something, you know, a little bit uh, on the shady side with some investors or some uh, dictators years ago. Who knows? So... They send you to some uh, country club jail for a year or two, and they, I hear the minimum security federal prisons are almost as nice as some of the non-Trump hotels, frankly. And then, you know, some good things could happen. But, obviously, Paul, you know as well as I do that uh, whatever you say, good things could happen, But uh, because that's life. <laughs> and, and bad things could happen, too, you know, all the time. Look at the Caribbean. So, look, I have uh, more spokesman stuff to do. If you want to talk, call Sarah's office. Ask for John Bar Barron. Did I say Barron? I mean Miller. And I can't say whatever you need because, of course, only the president can say that, right? I mean, who knows what that guy will say. It's amazing. Anyway, Paul, think it over. Remember... Corrupt Mueller could still get fired, you know? So maybe you don't want to make a deal with a guy who's not there in the, you know, tomorrow, right? Believe me. Okay, Paul, great leaving a message for you. Have the most wonderful day ever. And of course, when the attempt to repeal and replace the Affordable Care Act, better known as Obamacare, failed uh, multiple times, the president despaired of working uh cooperatively for a while with the uh, Republican leadership in Congress and turned instead to some new friends, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. This week, for the first time, a pivot for the ages and for the businessman turned chief executive, a chance to give the losing team a surprising win. Chuck, Nancy, welcome back. Well... The boardroom looks great. Better than the one at J.P. Morgan Chase. I wouldn't know. Chuck would. <laughs> <laughs> you two made an excellent deal with me. Listen, when an opportunity arises to do something for our country while ramming a rusty bayonet up the posteriors of our Republican friends, you just gotta take it. That's him talking New York again. Oh, I know. I love New York talk. 
It reminds me of New York. Look, so look, your team is doing good. Mm. Yeah. We are getting some flack from our friends in the so-called resistance. Ah, but look at the coverage. Mm. Great coverage. The best coverage. Even Morning Joe loves this. I, I do think Rachel Maddow is planning to do a whole show attacking us. Eh, you know what her problem is. Mm. She's probably just not getting enough rug. <laughs> Nancy, don't look at me like that. Chuck will explain to you later. Now look, your team has a big task this week. Maybe the biggest ever. Nancy, you think Chuck is up to it? I certainly do. He told me he thinks you're a tough old grandma. I'll take it. I, I didn't really so say. here's the deal. All the fake news think I'm now tilting your way. Like I've given up on Paul and Mitch, which, by the way, I have, believe me. And my base thinks I gave you something for nothing, which I did, Nancy, with that tweet, which I loved. So now... I need your team to cave on something. Maybe even something big. Can you do it? <laughs> Mr. President, we're not in the business of caving. We're Democrats. How about getting rid of the uh, consumer financial regulator thing? Well, certainly we could uh, craft a position which takes into account the changing realities of the financial world since the recent hurricanes. Something like that. No guarantee we could sell that to all of our members. You know, I've always found that guarantees are for losers. So, what do you think? Is Team Chuck and Nancy up to the task? Oh, we're up to it, all right. But I found that promises are for losers, too. So, Donald. Rupert. You got through. I need to get through more often. Mm -hmm. Ever since General Kelly set up shop, it's harder to get through to you than to get an antitrust exemption in Britain. Hey, you and the general shouldn't fight. Mm -hmm. You're two of my favorite kinds of people, military and rich. Now, listen, your task this week should be an easy one. Look, I'm not complaining. A lot of your other friends don't have staff who can hack the White House switchboard. That's so, your task. I, hmm? I know that Levitt and Icon and my other guys are getting blocked by Kelly. But they can talk to you, and you can get through to me. That's your task. Be the, uh, you know, the, the, the go-between, the uh, mm -hmm. transmission belt for other people's ideas. <laughs> That's asking a lot from someone in my line of work. Look, you don't have to take it on. You can disappoint me and still be on my team. You can be like Gary Cohn. Or you can really be on my team. You can be like Roy Cohn. Uh, you know, the news channel's behind you. You're aware of that. And I'm aware your ratings are good. They'd be in the toilet otherwise. What do you think it would happen if I tweeted I didn't watch Fox and Friends anymore? You'd be paying Steve Ducey to talk to himself. I'll make you a deal. I'll be a conduit for your friends. But you've got to convince General Kelly to let Hannity back in once in a while. He doesn't have to see you or anything, just so he can say he's been at the White House. He's been so morose. I don't like deals, Rupert, I can tell you that. Mm. But if you can succeed in your task, I might just make an exception. Mitch. Mr. President, no hard feelings. Speak for yourself. Well, Thanks for not bringing Paul. Uh, he's hard at work on a new health care bill. Good. Never too late. Except now. I... So look, Mitch. You know, your team let us down. Interesting you should say that, Mr. President. We feel the same way. 
You think your team let you down? No, I meant... Whatever. Look, you know I think you're low energy, right? Well, I happen to hail from the part of the country where we take our time letting folks know what's on our minds. Great, I'm sleeping already. Meanwhile, my poll numbers are sagging worse than Dolly Parton's bra. So look, your team has a big task this week. Well, sir, we're facing some pretty stiff headwinds since that deal you made with the Democrats. Good. So get your people together and send me something I can sign. About about what in particular? About signing in particular. About winning. You're the senator. You figure out what it's about. Can you do it? Because I don't like firing people. And you can't fire me. Right. So? I'll talk to Paul. That's what I was afraid of. Get out of here. And slow. New team. New tasks. Same mission. We're going to make pivoting great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. Via Presidentis. This week, reality was never this improvised. Hi, you've reached Jack Dorsey at Twitter. I'd love to engage with you right now. But uh, I'm busy engaging with the other company that I run, Square, that may actually make a profit someday. So do me a solid and reach out via voicemail at the sound of the tweet. Thanks. And don't forget to DM me, too. Is that beep? Jack, whoever you got to listen to these messages and get through to you, listen, I know what it's like. Ivanka used to screen mine before the thing. It's Don. Don. I'd say Don who, but you know who. It's just your best customers all. Someone who puts your platform on the front page every single day with no help, I might add, from any of the terrific people at your company, mainly because I don't need their help. Look, you and I both know nothing's been better for your brand than my tweeting, with the possible exception of Kanye hooking up with the Kardashian girl, which, by the way, many people tell me that whole thing is a PR deal that's coming to a crashing end. But look, the last thing I want to do is waste the time of the head of Twitter with stupid gossip. Here's the deal, Jack. I don't have to tell you how many millions of Twitter followers I have. You've got the data. You're not an idiot. Now forget about Facebook. They're, they're like McDonald's and Twitter. Twitter's like the sad little food truck with the artesian cheese on its burgers, but... So many people have told me that Snapchat is now pulled ahead of Twitter and total followers, which to me is like you're being decimated. It's a disaster. And you know I like your service. I use it two, three dozen times a day whenever I have what I call a, a long john, and I love it. Twitter, that is. I hate wasting all that time on the crapper. You know, if I could just take a pill and never have to do that again. Anyway, look. I don't want to take my 18 million followers or whatever number over to Snapchat. That's not my thing. But you know, look, you're a businessman. I'm a businessman. I mean, I'm president now, but still, is this machine going to keep recording? What? Anyway, you know how all the states are giving incentives for movie companies to go make movies or TV shows in their states. It's horrible, and I hate it. But really, Jack, if you're smart... That's the sort of deal you should be doing with your power users. And I have to say, am I the power user of all power users or what, right? So, okay, I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to do a heavy number on you, believe me. I love Twitter. I want to keep tweeting. So it, it's just a simple question. What's my staying on Twitter worth to you, worth to Twitter, and to my 18 or whatever million followers? I mean, it's a question. We have people who have figured it out at our end. We can share that data with you. Don Jr. can get it over to you. Just make sure there aren't any Russians in your office. Is that a witch hunt or what? <laughs> Look, 
I'm very reachable. I hate to go over to Snapchat. It's a horrible service. Their interface is a disaster. And here's the thing. All the money would go to Don's charity to save the elephant because they're disappearing before he could even shoot them. So it's for a good cause. And every time the failing media, who are just collapsing like Obamacare, every time they mention my name and the word tweet in the same sentence, it's got to be worth something to somebody. That's what Moot says. This is his idea, so don't blame me. But look, you're a smart person. You know what to do. You don't want to piss off the frigging president of the, of the United Frigging States, right? Because nobody needs to hear failing Twitter every day, believe me. Okay. Let's make this happen. This isn't healthcare. This really is easy. All right. Please hang this up for me, honey. I have. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes... Two weeks of looking back at 2017, looking ahead, just a few days, next, well, the 22nd and 23rd of this month, at the Le Petit Theatre in the French Quarter, New Orleans, Christmas Without Tears, New Orleans style, with a panoply of New Orleans artists, all to help New Orleans musicians and the homeless. Judith Owen and I will be there, and so many others will too, maybe you, if you're in the Crescent City. In the meantime, that's going to do it for this week's edition of Le Show. The program returns next week at the same time over your favorite audio device of choice. And it'll be just like 2018 focusing a little less on <laughs> President Trump, if you'd agree to join with me then. Would you already? Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Show chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and exile in Hawaii desks. Thanks, as always, to Pam Halstead and to Jenny Lawson for help with today's broadcast. The email address for this program, playlist of the songs heard here on, your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts in time for the New Year's celebration, all at harryshearer.com, and I'm on the Twitter at the Harry Shearer. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans, flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the home of the homeless.